Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, the Bucks play Monday night football. That's coming up, uh, of course, sooner than later. I get thrown off by these weeks because, it, you know, every day is sort of moved up. So, like, Thursday was really like a Wednesday in practice. You know, uh, Friday will be like a Thursday and, and so on. But when the Saints are coming to town, it's a big game. So, normally we would preview that game. We'll probably wait and do that, uh, what, Steve, Sunday, I guess? Sunday we'll for Monday. We'll drop it Monday morning, yep. Drop it Monday morning, yeah. So, you'll get your breakdown uh, for the game on that. Uh, we will say uh, we've got a, a kind of a busy podcast. We're going to be all over the place, but uh, obviously uh, with the Bucks and their preparations, we're going to talk about that. Um, there also was a situation uh, that's still ongoing, a weird one, uh, a battery arrest warrant for Antonio Brown. That's kind of a stalemate between him and the Tampa Police Department. We can get into that. USF's coaching search and what's up with prime time? What's up with Deion Sanders? It looks like he has three pretty uh, solid suitors, including University of South Florida. Where is he going to go? Has he been in town? There's all kinds of these reports about sightings, or at least maybe if not sightings, that he was in. I think there's uh, been Tampa. reports that he's 90% confirmed to all three schools. So. To all three schools. I got theory on that one, too. It's so very 270% confirmed. <laughs> he's 270 for three different three different clubs, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's that's also going on. So we got lots, and we got some mailbag questions as well. So anyway, uh, stay with us. Let, let's get started here, and and I want to talk about um, this Bucks game against the Saints because, and we'll break more of this down on Monday. Look, this is a bad time to be playing the Saints, and and you say, well, why would you say that? They've lost three or four, you know, in a row, or whatever. The Saints aren't playing very well. Andy Dalton's still the quarterback, from what I understand, not Jameis Winston, who says it hurts his soul that he lost his job because of injury. That aside, this has never, ever, in the last, I don't know, four or five years, been a good matchup for Tampa Bay, because the Saints front seven just physically mauls. Uh, the Bucks' offensive line and offensive front. They overwhelmed them. Now, that was with Ali Marpet, uh, a Donovan Smith that was playing okay, a Ryan Jensen, um, you know, Tristan Wirfs, um, you know, even Alex Kappa at some point. And they overwhelmed them, especially at Raymond James Stadium. They've had some huge wins. Um, you know, they beat them 9 to nothing. I think, the last time they played here. They scored 30-something on them and allowed three. So the Saints have had their way. They won four in a row at Raymond James. I know the the Bucks broke that you know six or seven game losing streak in the regular season earlier this year, but that was a three three game until the fourth quarter. And what determined that game was Jameis Winston throwing some interceptions, and that's not breaking news if you're from around here. But that's really what it was. The offense did not do anything, and I'm going to talk mostly about the offense. That's been the problem. The Saints' defense um, is just dominant, and what a terrible week if you're the Buccaneers to be without your best offensive lineman in Tristan Wirfs. I can't think of a worse scenario for them. 
And on top of that, so you look at the, the offensive line that's going to go into this game on Monday Night Football, and the only player from the Super Bowl came that started, and the only player who started last year that's remaining that was on you know in the, in the playoff game against the Rams is Donovan Smith. That's it. Everybody else in this game Monday night, they're all new this year. And at least to play in this game, they, they've been on the team like Josh Wells has been on the team. He's going to start instead at right tackle for Tristan Wirfs. And, and the thing about Smith is I don't know that I've seen him play worse. You know, you go back to the Rams game, uh, the Ravens game, he looked lazy and slow and just, you know. Uh, and then, of course, he had it handed to him, really, uh, in this last game. And I don't know what the Bucks' plan was, but it wasn't a good one, right? Um, and so he gave up a sack and a half. I mean, he had three, uh, two or three penalties, two penalties, I think, the hands to the face. It, it it and he's your guy like he's he's the holdover he's the he's the anchor of this offensive line right now and why they didn't give him help i have no idea uh miles garrett just you know completely controlled him and controlled the game and they're one-on-one blocking all over the place and we we asked todd Bowles about that like hey why didn't you give the guy help he goes we had a plan there was it was in the game plan for reasons a lot of reasons we didn't get to it like what especially late in the game when he's already proven that he's beaten your guy, you know, fairly regularly and, and you need to drive either in overtime or the end of regulation. None of it made sense. And so they're going to go out there against a defense with even against their best offensive lineman dominated them for several years now. And they're going to try to play offense against this Saints defense with, you know, all new offensive linemen and a very underwhelming left tackle, you know, in Donovan Smith. I'd be very concerned. And if if they don't, I know they're going to try to run the football, but if they're not successful running the football, this could get ugly. And I don't care how bad the Saints offense is, and I think Alvin Kamara is coming back, which will certainly help them. Taysom Hill's doing a lot of things in their offense right now. They still have good players, um, you know, on the outside with Jarvis Landry and Chris Alave. And so they're formidable, right? They haven't played great. Dalton had a bunch of interceptions, you know, last week. But this could get this could be really ugly. And I've seen this this show before. And and I don't know how Tom Brady is going to stand in there when he hadn't stood in there all year because of the pass rush and the fear of the pass rush. He's gotten rid of the ball so quickly. On top of that, you have Mike Evans, who is out of sync with his quarterback inexplicably. I mean, here's a guy that's played with him now three years, best receiver on the team, um, potential Hall of Fame credentials, over 10,000 yards now. And those two were so out of sync in this last game that it wasn't even funny in Cleveland. And it just doesn't make sense to me because – I would think that they're still practicing. You would think you go, okay, well, they've played together for three years, so surely they don't need the reps. Well, yeah, you kind of do. You kind of do. And, and you know, Mike has been nicked up a little bit. So we talked to Mike, and, of course, you think about the Saints, and you go, oh, boy, it's Marshawn Lattimore again. And, and Marshawn is, is limited in practice. I guess he has an abdominal strain. I think he's going to play. Um, if he's limited, we'll see. 
But that matchup has been one that has tormented Mike Evans for years, okay? He's had his share of good games against Marshawn, but on the whole, Lattimore has probably gotten him more times than he's gotten Lattimore. And on top of that, he's taken Mike off the field because they start going at it. Mike retaliates. Three times they've had scraps between the two of them since 2017. Uh, And twice Mike has been suspended uh, for his altercations with Lattimore. And, and on top of that, you know, he last year uh, he lost a game because of it. And, uh, or earlier this year, I'm sorry. And so it, it's a matchup that you, that you like to see, but you almost are fearful that, you know, we were talking to him just the other day, and, and he was like, oh, I've just got to, you know, I can't shove guys. I've got to be in control. It is almost verbatim what he said before week two this year. And then he went out there and he leveled Marshawn and he got ejected from the game and then suspended a game on top of it. Um, and that's, that's, that's actually a good matchup for Mike because he gets some one-on-one. You know, most teams don't cover him that way, but he'll get one-on-one against Lattimore, and if he wins, it can be some big plays. And he has won before. But I don't see how this is like a good opponent this week for the Bucks on national TV. We'll, we'll see how they, how they fare. But I, I'm telling you, Steve, I'd be really concerned about playing New Orleans right now, who isn't completely out of it. I mean, they basically can't lose another game, to be honest with you. They'll fall too far behind the Bucks and, and, the, and the Atlanta Falcons. But if they win, they're kind of right back in it, man. They're just a game behind the Bucks. Yeah, the Saints at Raymond James Stadium has is, is been bad for several years. What the twenty-eight nothing in the first four possessions, et cetera. Yeah, you add on Marshawn and Mike Mike Evans, mm-hmm. and it's just it, it. Look, for some reason in sports, every team has their kryptonite, a nemesis. Every right. team has that team that, for unexplicable reasons, you just struggle against. Bad matchup, bad matchups, or it's just in your head, or whatever it is. Yep. And when it's a divisional matchup, it makes it even worse because you face them more often. Oh yeah, you know, no matter what the sport does, baseball. There's those teams you just can't get over. No matter right. how much your team should be better, it just it's a it's a bad matchup. And, and mm-hmm. the Saints seem to be for the Bucks outside the one playoff game. And to be honest, that game was going the wrong direction as well. It truly was until a turnover changed everything. It truly you know? was. I mean that 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 game was looking like it was going to be a blowout the other way potentially. Hmm. So yeah, they were they they had a, they had a well just I mean they were going to go up fourteen. Mm-hmm. They're across the forty yard line of the Bucks when the tight end fumbles and Antoine Winfield Jr. strips him, I think, and um, Devin White picks it up, picks up the fumble. Mm-hmm. So you know the Bucks have to they need to take control of this game early somehow, and, and they they need an offensive possession or two that does well early, and the defense mm-hmm. has to to do what it does. I mean the defense, to be honest has played well this year they have they just they don't get the big stop when you absolutely need it and and you could argue they they need to stop because the offense isn't scoring enough and and i can't argue with that at all you know what they don't get is the short field they don't get turnovers well that, they that's started problem, out the yeah. year the first two weeks and especially against new orleans they, i think they got three or four and and that's been the story of this series you know todd bull goes with the team that you know every game has it's come down to who's getting the turnovers and that's true but you got to start helping your offense is as you know, and they are playing well. They're not giving up a lot of points, but you got to start helping them by getting the ball and giving them short fields, giving them more opportunities to score where they don't have to drive at eighty yards. 
and that might help. But, when, it, but you talk sh- about complementary football. Part of that is the offense getting longer drives to keep your defense off the field and not having to punt from your own 20. Yeah. But the other part is the defense getting the ball back for the offense. Mm-hmm. And turnovers are a part of that. Yeah. Not just, you know, okay, we're pinned back inside our 20 again because right. they punted to us every time. Right. Yeah, now you need those short fields. You need you need the momentum, and that's the thing. Games have momentum. Seasons have momentum. The Bucks have no momentum. Just think about what's coming down the pike for these guys, okay? If things don't go well Monday night, they got to go, and they're they're leaving on Friday. They got to travel to San Francisco to play the Niners, maybe one of the better teams in the NFC right now on the road, okay? Then they come home and play your Cincinnati Bengals, who last time I checked, Joe Burrow is killing it right now. You know, they were a little shaky on the offensive line early in the season, and he's he's you know, and and they've been doing it without Jamar Chase, who could be back. He should be back this week. They started zero and two. They're seven and two since. Yeah. And now they're I mean, going to get rolling. their best receiver back. Yeah, they're rolling. And so that's, that all of a sudden is like, a, uh-oh, I don't know if you can score with these guys, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's a tough game. Um, and then after that, let me, I'm trying to think. I don't have the schedule in front of me. But there's like, there's like three or four really tough games that you could lose them all. You know, like, you almost have to get this Saints game because this is, you know, this is a team with this, another team that lost to all these guys already a sub-500 record, um, a division game. So you have every reason to need to win it uh, and, and to maintain your slim lead in the NFC South despite your losing record and just get back to 500. And if you don't, it just gets, it just gets rockier you know, after that. You've got a game at Arizona on Christmas Day. I know Arizona's not very good, but having to travel out there on Christmas Day can't be a good thing. You know, So there's a bunch of games that, would be would be difficult to stack wins with uh, if you don't get this one. And plus the whole attitude of the season changes, right? Because now you've lost two in a row again after having won two in a row and then, you know, compound it with the earlier losses. Like, there just would be no confidence. So it's a big week for the Bucks, man. I, I mm, we'll, we'll do more breaking down of this on Monday and get into the, the individual matchups and things like that. And we'll see what Tom Brady has to say uh, as well. Later today, he usually speaks on Thursday, but because it's a Monday night game, we'll talk to him on Friday. Um, but I am uh, I would I would be less than optimistic about them going out there and putting them. First of all, they're not scoring against anybody, and then you bring in the Saints defense that sort of has their number, and you go, yeah, I don't know where the points are coming from. So it's it's going to be tough. Hey, before we uh, go ahead and talk about USF here in just a second, and we got some mailback questions as well coming. And the Lightning had a big win in Philadelphia. I want to remind you guys, if you want to save money on your electric bill, we've got the answer for you. It's called May Electric Solar. Have you considered it? There's a lot of these companies out here, but I'm telling you guys, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They will guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Something goes wrong. They're back up there fixing it for you, no cost to you. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection, for all your appliances. So that is the main difference. You visit their Hudson showroom. Man Electric displays all its products that conduct on-site testing. You can see what they'll install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. You know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of your life and that of your appliances. That's May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. So 
woke up to some disturbing news, and I guess this is as we do this podcast and we're recording this on Thursday night, there's still no resolution to this, but Antonio Brown back in the news and not in a good way. Um, so apparently he went to the home of uh, the mother of, of some of his children, I think four of his children, and this was in Tampa, I believe, and, and of course Antonio has, you know, homes in Fort Lauderdale and different places, but um, some kind of argument ensued, altercation, whatnot, and he locked uh, what was, I think, his, his former wife or at least the mother of his children out of their home or out of her home. And so he's inside the home. Apparently there's supposedly children in there. And there was, I guess, some kind of a, of a physical altercation to some extent because he was charged with a misdemeanor battery I guess he threw a shoe at her, uh, but he also threatened to shoot her, okay? And near as we can tell, Tampa Police Department were dispatched, and they wanted to talk to Brown, and he didn't want to come out and talk to them. So there was a warrant issued for him for this misdemeanor battery. But I guess his lawyers or whatever went before the judge, and usually you have protected or protective orders issued in cases of domestic violence and things like that. And when you do, you have to give up your weapons, and it's fairly standard until you get before a judge and they figure out, okay, is this person a danger, you know, in that respect or not. Um, but the judge did not uh, require Antonio Brown to, you know, turn over any weapons or anything, even though he had threatened to shoot his, you know, the mother of his children. So it, it's it's just, it's it's cuckoo for Cocoa Pups. I mean, it's, it's awful what is going on um, with this guy. Uh, to begin with, and then you involve, you know, a possible domestic uh, situation and uh, misdemeanor or not. But, and then the weirdest thing is the TPD, Tampa Police Department, are still kind of trying to talk Brown into coming out. There's, you know, it's not like he's barricaded in there or anything, but they won't go in on something, you know, as seemingly, uh, you know, misdemeanor domestic violence or domestic battery. It's not it doesn't meet the threshold of them to like just blow the door down. Right. And come get them. The thing I don't get, and I'm again, I'm not a law enforcement expert. I've covered some of this stuff, you know, in my years as a reporter. Um, and I know a little bit about, you know, law enforcement, but it's really difficult to me to believe that you have someone who's threatened somebody and, you know, a, a judge or somebody would decide, yeah, we don't really need his weapons if he has any. Um, and you just kind of be waiting for him to surrender on this warrant and, and not, you know, how about a wellness visit? How about, is he okay? Or the kids or what? I don't know what's going on with, with the woman that was involved in this. I don't know where she is, but she must be crazy if, if she's got children in the home, um, you know, and worried about them. This is just so ugly, Steve. It's like, and everybody, you remember Antonio Brown and at the end it got really weird, right? With the whole... It came back from the suspension, um, you know, with the COVID, fake COVID card and all that. And then he was, you know, played one decent game against Carolina. And then they're up in New York playing the Jets. And he won't go in the game. And B.A. tells him to, to take it in. And he, you know, does the whole strip to the waist thing. And it's just, it was crazy town, right? Just that whole scene was the last that anyone's seen and probably will see of Antonio Brown on a football field again. And, and now this, you know, it's just disturbing.
Well, you hope, first of all, that, you know, whatever's going on gets resolved. Absolutely. And everyone's safe. But you hate to say that you are surprised by this happening. You know, I'm disappointed it's happening, but I can't say I'm shocked. Right. You know, I don't I don't know Antonio, whatever else, but it just, you know, it, it seems like he has a pattern of finding trouble. It certainly finds him if he doesn't find it. That's for sure. You know, and I know when the Bucks, you know, after they split ties with him, believe me, and they defended him <laughs> vigorously when I was writing about fake vaccination cards. But um, they re-signed him, you know, after the Super Bowl season. And when things, when they did part ways, their message was, I just hope he gets help. You know, he really needs to get some help. So I don't know what this is. Uh, you know, Brown resented that characterization of him. And, and I would too if I were him. You know, somebody, uh, you know, insinuates that there's something wrong with you mentally. Um, but, but... This is a weird one because, you know, presumably he's going to have to leave the house at some point. And then at that point, I guess the TPD will issue, you know, serve him the warrant. And then we'll see what happens after that. Um, but it was disturbing. You know, it was kind of like a a thing we chased from the morning until the afternoon. It kind of was a, you know, came out by in drips and drabs until um, we got kind of the picture of how this all unfolded. And there's just no winners here. It's just it's just a really, really difficult story. I. I don't know what to think about it, but we'll follow it and see, you know, how it all concludes. But, um, yeah, so that went on. So the other the other story, so you have that, and the other thing that was happening on um, on Thursday in particular was prime time, prime time. Where is Deion Sanders going to land? And I think, in fact, I'm 90% sure that it's either going to be USF, Colorado, or Cincinnati. Ninety percent sure. Not Jackson State. Not Jackson State. He's definitely out of there. Definitely, maybe out of there. I don't know. Um, Dion hasn't called me about any of this, nor his agent. But listen, I I keep hearing. You know, there are those that like to you know get on the megaphones and 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 say they know stuff. Um, but I've heard he's been in town. Uh, you know, and yet we see pictures every day of him in Jackson where he's going to coach his team in a conference championship game this weekend. Um, there's no, there's not been any, you know, airplane wing numbers that have shown flights from Jackson to here. Uh, so I don't know what, how you could sneak a Deion Sanders and walk him, you know, through Tampa and presumably USF's indoor facility without somebody snapping a picture or instantly going to, you know, Instagram or something and telling people all about it. That said, I think it's clear what primetime is doing here. And and I don't expect USF. They probably will announce a coach. I think it'll be a lot of, a lot of musical chairs, a lot of things solved after the conference games, championship games this weekend, like probably like by Saturday night, there'll be a lot of dominoes falling. But what I think, I think is that Sanders is kind of, you know, holding up the train a little bit because, You've got probably at least three schools in Cincinnati, Colorado, and USF that are all waiting, wanting the same dude, and only one can get him. And once one does get him, then the dominoes will fall quickly after that. They'll move on to choice two and three and four, whatever. Um, so I think this will be over probably Saturday night. USF will probably know who their head coach is going to be. But until they until they find out they're out of it, 
you know, until Dion picks up the phone and says, hey, yo, I'm not coming here, um, they kind of have to ride this out. I think there must have been enough boosters with enough deep pockets to make a competitive offer because I think it's going to be a, a large one, whatever he gets paid. And, you know, for USF to do that, I mean, you look at Cincinnati and what, they're going to, is it the Big 12? Mm-hmm. Yep. Is that where they're headed? And then you look at Colorado and they're in the pack. They're in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. right? So they're both Power Five schools with presumably way larger budget budgets. But presumably, he point. would like to be in the South. I would think. You know, yeah, which, he's a Fort Myers kid. Yeah, you know, and recruiting Florida from Tampa, absolutely. You know, could be a key to what he's looking for as well. So, personally, it could be. But if I know, if I know Prime, if he's the guy that came into the NFL with the gold chain and the money sign, you know, remember that years mm-hmm. and years ago, like yep. he's going to want $1 more from somebody. And the the fact, and I read this thing uh, from a Colorado writer or broadcaster, I'm not sure which out there seemed to have a decent job, whatever, whoever he was. And he, and he said, he said, it's 90% done here in Colorado with Deion Sanders, you know, just waiting on that last little bit. I've now read that with at least two of the three schools, maybe all three. I don't really don't know. But that, to me, sounds like Dion's people trying to coax just a little more leverage out of each other where you go, we're so close. We're just, we just we're on the 10-yard line. You know, if you just, you know, I, I'm close with these other teams too, and you got to really step it up and give me your best. I can just hear that negotiation in my head, you know. And then there was a report, and I don't get this, um, but I, I'm not going to dismiss it because you know I'm not talking to people at USF myself. But there was one that, that struck me as odd, which was Sanders wants a significant voice in the construction of the new stadium at USF. Or words to that effect. Like what? What's he want to you know lay out the blueprints or? I don't know. Like yeah, I don't know. Are you gonna, yeah? You, you, it's not just putting the shovel to the ground. You actually draw this thing. Like what? I mean, what is it you're going to require? They they've got so much money to build. You know that's that's the first thing that that guides the stadium, right? Is what is your budget, right? Um, and so once they figure that out, I mean, how does he need input? Is it about the locker rooms? I mean, what input would Deion Sanders have on a new stadium? Well, presumably the coach is going to have input in locker rooms and facilities and things. I mean, sure, to the I extent mean, he needs to have well, it. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, you're not deciding, you know how you're laying out the suites. I mean, there's no need for, but you know, when it comes to the stuff, the football team's going to use, of course the coach is going to have input. Right. How is that a sticking point in negotiation? Seems a little weird to me. Well, and, 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 and depending on what he's asking for, why wouldn't you just say, yeah, of course, you know what I mean? Like that, you know, unless he's asking for, you know, a rev share plan of it or something, <laughs> maybe, you know? <laughs> maybe you, know, you sell out games and I get a per- portion of the revenue that would be, but that's not really picture the prime box. I want a prime box where all my people go and I get all the revenue from the prime box that we sell. I don't know. I mean, I, I do believe that he is driven by a lot of things, including ego, mm-hmm. um, but he's done a hell of a job at Jackson State, and he deserves another opportunity. If he can move up, great. Um, he's certainly earned it, and um, I'm sure he wants as much money as he can get for his coaching staff, because he's got to be competitive in that area. If he's going to win, you can't do everything by yourself, and he's probably got guys he wants to take with him, and maybe some that aren't on his staff right now he'd like to afford. And so it's all really important stuff. Um, 
But by the same token, it just feels like, you know, he's the domino that needs to fall for all three of these teams. I, mean, I, I, th- to- I think he is a domino. I think there's there's some other there's some assistants like the defensive coordinator at Michigan's rumored to be in the hunt for some of these jobs. They have yeah. a conference championship game Saturday as well, and there's right. there's other coaches like that. I mean, Tom Herman we saw him with FAU today. Yeah, that was good. You know, so I mean, there's there's but a, a conference. Look, it's no secret that you like to pluck if you're going to go the assistant route. You want to pluck from mm-hmm. the best teams. Well, there most of them are playing Saturday. Right, and so you don't want the coast coaches don't want to leave their teams before a championship game, so that's right. why I think Saturday night Sunday is when you're going to see a lot of dominoes fall. Whether Dion's holding it up or maybe he hasn't made yeah. a decision yet, yeah, maybe it's just an active negotiation, or maybe schools are negotiating with other coaches at the same time. Sure, you know I'm sure USF if Dion is their number one candidate, I'm sure they're talking to Dion, but they're probably talking to others too. They are, and in fact, I know they are, because um, I know guys that they have contacted. You know, and Rich mm-hmm. Passaccia is one of them, um, and also, uh, you know, they they had a discussion with Todd Munkin, but I think he was under the impression that they wanted to hire somebody right away, and he's just simply not going to be available because they're going to be in the national championship. You know, um, and I would think that uh, is it Tom Allen in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know he's interested. Very interested if they were to go that route. Um, a guy with Tampa Bay Times could recruit really well here. And no matter what you think of Indiana, he did more in a couple of years up there in Indiana that they hadn't done in, you know, 50 years. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of good names out there. Um, and I think many of them would be, you know, good good choices. But I, obviously you got to find out where your number one guy's going before you can – you can move on from that. And what I'm impressed by, I guess the word's impressed, but what I'm surprised by a little bit is that USF, which is not going to have Power 5 money from the Big 12 like those other teams, can be competitive from a, a financial standpoint. That surprises me because I don't think it's going to be a small salary. I think, you know, somebody must have stepped over there, up over there to, you know, to really get within range. Now, no state income tax, right, in Florida. Uh, it's close to his home where he grew up in Fort Myers. He knows the area. He can recruit the heck out of, uh, you know, the Tampa Bay um, region and, and, for that matter, Central Florida and South Florida, North Florida. I mean, you know, he went to Florida State. He's an iconic Hall of Fame type player so or is on the Hall of Fame. So, you know, there's a lot of positives, whereas, I don't know, is does he know the landscape in Colorado? Not that you couldn't get Florida kids to go to Colorado, but it's a little far. Um, you know, the Cincinnati, which has already been in the college football playoffs and is probably further ahead than either of those programs, they're also going to the Big 12. So he's got a power five job if he shows up in Cincinnati. So I don't know. It all, I, all comes down to what is, what is prime looking for. I will bet you it's money. <laughs> I will bet you that that will steer this ship, man. And if that's the case, I don't know that USF can afford it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A little bit of raise news. Uh, first and foremost, because of uh, what the hurricane did down in the southwest Florida area, they are not going to train this year in the spring in Port Charlotte. Yeah, too much damage done to the facility. Um, they're still working on a restoration plan to get it up and and functional for the future, but uh, not going to have enough time to get it ready for spring training in February. So they're looking for other options, uh, possibly playing spring training games at Tropicana Field, uh, talking to Disney for the wide world of sports complex where the Braves trained for many years. Now they have their own place in Northport, so... Not sure what's going on with race spring training yet, but it will not be at Port Charlotte. I can see two options. One would be the TROP, and then they'd have to find a place to put their minor league clubs in some facility around Tampa, St. Petersburg, I would guess. Um, Disney makes sense to me from this standpoint. Like, probably not a bad thing to kind of try to expand, you know, your, your fan base a little bit towards Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, you you know you you got a probably a bump from Southwest Florida when you moved your spring training home to support Charlotte, uh, and it is a very functional complex down there where the Braves were. were you know I sat at that stadium. Of course, the Bucks trained there for a couple of years at Wide World of Sports, and so our press mm-hmm. box was actually the baseball press box. But it's 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 really nice. I mean, they got good facilities at Wide World, and and not too far from Tampa if people wanted to drive over closer actually than Port Charlotte. But here's your biggest problem with Disney, and and I think there's pluses and minuses to all these, but you're not close to anybody. And so every road game is going to be a two-hour bus ride outside of Lakeland for the Tigers. That's so true. The Yankees. I mean, that's one of the reasons the Braves moved. They wanted their own place, first of all. Yeah. But but everyone everyone abandoned Central Florida. Mm -hmm. And so... The road trips, you know, you're going to Sarasota. If you go to They're Fort brutal, Myers, yeah. I mean, that's a yeah. brutal road trip every time. Yeah. And to spend half your spring training games making brutal bus rides, not ideal. Yeah, now, that's, that, that's fair. The TROP seems like an easy answer. Mm-hmm. And logistically, maybe there is some, at least for the major league camp, having your minor league camp somewhere else would be a problem. Right. But do they want their players on turf all spring? Great point, too. And so from a physical standpoint, is that ideal? I mean, could they know. play, and I don't know the Rowdy situation, right, but could they mm-hmm. Could they play at Alain? Could they make that back into a baseball stadium? I, I don't know. I yeah. mean, I suppose they're probably looking at that as an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the Rowdies will be playing at that point, but it doesn't mean you couldn't switch it back and forth. I, 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 the on, I, honest truth is I don't know. Yeah, um, yeah. But so, I mean, I think there's, you know, could they – could they try to share a facility? Mm-hmm. You know, could they go to the Pirates and say, "Hey, can we trade in Bradenton with you?" And I, I don't, you know, I don't know yeah. if there's enough field spaces there or the Phillies or wherever. I, I suppose, yeah. you know, I, I'm sure they're looking at everything. It's not ideal, but you know, they're trying to figure Necessary. out what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. Well, they made a big deal. They 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 signed a pitcher for a whole lot of money, and I'll be honest with you. I follow baseball. I don't follow the Phillies. I didn't know this guy. Zach Eflin, the largest free agent deal ever given out by the Rays. That's incredible to me. Three years, $40 million. And I was thinking, I was like, wait a minute. I thought Charlie Morton was bigger. Well, he was a two-year, $30 million deal with a $15 million option, which they did not execute. So he's only here two years. This rivals like Wilson Alvarez, I want to say. It's probably, yeah. 
Might have been the highest paid guy other than that. Uh, but Zach Eflin, he's from Orlando. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been with the Phillies. Uh, he's been 36 and 45 in his career with a 4.49 ERA. Last year, he uh, pitched 20 games, was hurt for part of the year. Uh, finished 3 and 5 with a 4.04 ERA. So uh, it seemed to me, just at first glimpse, was like, well, that's a lot of money for that guy. Um, and it seems like a lot of people have said the same thing. David Sampson, who's the former president of the Marlins, uh, he tweeted, this would be an overpay if any team gave this deal to Eflin, except the Rays. <laughs> exactly. They are too smart, which means this is not a bad contract. <laughs> it's not Hashtag wait to see. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. You know, and, and I know this guy was a free agent, right? Or he couldn't have just yes. signed. But, yes. like, I think that's why the Rays have a difficult time dealing with other teams because as soon as you come after one of their guys and they're thinking about trading the dude, they go, wait a minute, the Rays are interested. Maybe we should take another look at what we're, what we're giving up here. Because they fleece everybody, or so it seems, and I don't. I think some clubs are probably leery of dealing anybody to him. But in this case, you know, he he was a free agent. But it's a lot of money, and I would suppose that the pitching staff now will shape up. You know, where McClanahan will be your ace, and you'll have Tyler Glass now, or or vice versa. Um, you know, and and now this guy, and you still got yeah, Rasmus, still got Springs. Rasmus. Yeah. yeah, pretty good staff, man, and, and I mean. Listen, this is what they're about. They're about pitching and defense and all of that. I sure would like to see them use those resources on a bat one day. Just one day, man. Well, you know, so I was thinking after this trade or the signing, could this mean maybe they're going to trade one of those arms for a bat? If you can't sign maybe. a bat, if you can't sign yeah, a bat, maybe. And and I yeah. don't, you know, I don't know who they're trying to go after and if they feel there's a free agent one. Right. But could you take a Rasmussen and trade him for a bat? Or a spring, possibly. Or I, I don't. I don't know. Because I mean, you know, we, we expect them to. Ma- we we're hoping they make a, a, a splash in free agency, but it's for a bat, not an arm. And exactly. if, if this is a good arm, great. I mean, you can't have sure, enough. Sure, it only of them. make it better. Right? You can't have enough of them. So, mm-hmm. but it just at least. I mean, granted, we're way early in the baseball offseason as far as signings and trades. So the winter meetings are coming up. A lot of usually there's some blockbuster trades there. Yeah, or coming right after there. So. Mm-hmm. You know the the big stuff in baseball hasn't begun really begun yet, so right it'll be interesting. Yeah, we're not in the hot stove league, but anyway, they jumped out with in with some money, which is impressive. You know that's the thing that everybody wonders about is if you know the Rays will spend money, and and they certainly did on another pitcher. And like you know, like, they don't miss much, man. I'll give them that. A lot of their guys end up on the IR, but they don't miss very much. That's for sure. Tampa Bay Lightning, meanwhile, went up to Philadelphia. Speaking of Philadelphia, they beat the Flyers 4-1 to in a game that was not as close as the score would indicate. They were up 3-0 after 2. But the big news is Steven Stamkos hits another milestone. His 1,000th point is just incredible. Um, you know, got an assist in the first period. And what was really cool to see was, like, the entire bench come over the boards and you know, mob Stankos. And it was funny because I'm sure that there was a heck of a lot of Philly fans there that had no clue why these guys were acting like this over a simple assist of a goal. Um, but they mobbed him. And then quickly, I guess, the scoreboard indicated that uh, he had, in fact, scored his 1,000th point. 1,000 points. And nearly, what, 500 goals already. He's at 494. So he mm-hmm. could even on this homestand, come a six-game homestand, 
get to the 500 goal mark. He just got to 500 assists a couple weeks ago. Goodness gracious. He's one of four players now with 1,000 points in less than 1,000 games that are active. Uh, Crosby, Malkin, and Ovechkin are the other three. And when you think of the years he lost with his injuries, right? Like to accomplish this with, with all the things that he's been through in the time, you know, there was a time when it looked like, yeah, I don't know that they should resign him, right? He was talking to Toronto. He was, you know, um, but the injuries were starting to catch up to him. And he came through all of that, man. And, and he's still, he's playing at such a high level. Um, greatest lo- hot lightning hockey player of all time. If you'd say that right now, you'd probably be right, right? I don't know. Maybe Vasilevsky becomes that down the road, but no question he's bigger than LeCavier and all of that. Yeah, he's Saint, the, at, this point, at this point, career wise, he's the greatest bolt. Yeah. And, and, and I mean, there's some hall. There's a hall of famer in Marty Saint, Martin Saint Louis. Absolutely, too. but but you know, Marty also played several seasons in New York afterwards too. He did, yeah, that's um, true. But you know, I mean, look at the numbers: the two Stanley Cups, being captains of the both. Absolutely, you add all that in, and, and at this point, he's the great. Yeah, could could Vasilevsky or Kucherov or Hedman become the greatest of all time? I mean, Hedman's not going to catch in goals in that, but yeah, as far as how you view them, sure. There's a ch- yeah, there's obviously that could happen, but I think you have to right. say Stamkos is is the face of this franchise and, and the greatest lightning player of all time. It was cool to see him, too, because he was genuinely, like, moved by it. Like, like it wasn't just, like, you know, some, oh, I got another record, okay, cool. Like, he was really pumped up about it. And, you know, I don't think his family was there. He said he'd celebrate with them later. But he's also got the big 500 goals coming up soon, so that'll be yet another milestone. But he's just, he's appreciative. You know, that's the thing, like he says, like, what I've been through and the injuries and you didn't know you were going to make it this far and to still be playing and do this kind of stuff and all the, you know, it's a team sport. So there's a lot of guys that are part of this and just says all the right things. He's the perfect guy you want as your captain. You know what I mean? He produces, he, he, you know, has a big voice in the room and he just does it the right way. You know, you can appreciate guys that are that talented, um, that have played that long and done so much and they still, they still handle themselves the right way. I think it's really impressive what he's done. All right, so we'll be back, of course, on uh, Monday to preview the Bucks Monday night football game, a big one against the New Orleans Saints. I'm looking forward to that. I, I don't like the night games per se, but this is national TV. It's going to be another be. late night, isn't it? Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, or early morning, depending on your perspective. But, yeah, about 2 a.m. And then Tom Brady, you know, the whole the whole – I would think all football fans across the nation will be looking to see, like, what is this guy doing? What what was wrong? Like, what is wrong with the with the Bucks? Why can't Tom Brady, um, you know, push these guys, you know, over the hump here? And um, and they got one more chance to do it. And they've had some ugly games on national TV against this very team. It has not gone well when they played the Saints. Do we know if there's uh, a Manning cast for the game Monday? I don't know. This would be a good one to have though with Brady because they could throw all the liners they want at him, right? Eli's beating them twice, and you know, in the Super Bowl, and so it would be it. It would be the perfect one to have. I don't know. If uh, looks do like it. there is a post. I just did a quick search. Oh, looks perfect. like there will be a Manning cast for Saints. Oh, that so. that'll probably be better than uh, the main telecast. So, but you'll have Troy Aikman. You'll have uh, Joe Buck here, right? So, mm-hmm. yep, big time Prue and all that Monday Night Football. So it's, it's still a still a big event when Monday Night Football comes to your town. So. Don't take these for granted, folks. Uh, get a lot of national TV games. It's, it might change in a year from now. I can assure you of that. Um, what else we, we have over the weekend? Uh, we got the Lightning Bucks game. Lightning return home against the uh, 
Maple Leafs? Oh, wow, the Leafs are in town. Well, that'll be well attended by many Leaf fans in the area, I would imagine. Yes, and then, of course, it's uh, college football championship weekend. Huge weekend for your Michigan Wolverines. They're not going to screw this up, are they, Steve? Uh, I don't think so, but I also think they're in if they, uh, as long as they don't get blown out. I think they're still in. Just one loss, yeah. I think three of the four teams are set. Right. I think if Georgia, Michigan, or TCU loses, I think they're still in, barring a blowout. Right. So the question is, does USC win? And it's convenient that the college football playoff in the year that Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson aren't in, expands mm-hmm. it to 12 teams. <laughs> They're going to expand, right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, well, enough of this. we gotta, we got to open this up to everybody. <laughs> the, the Blue Bloods didn't all make it. What's wrong? I'm looking forward to it. I think it's neat. It's been needed for a long time. Clearly, everybody gets rich, right? All, all the TV networks will come running and, and all of that. Um, but it certainly didn't hurt college basketball, and I'm not, I'm not, you know, banging the drum for a 64 team field in football. Um, but there's, you know, we. The funny thing is, we like the Cinderella stories and the teams that come out, kind of out of nowhere, get hot at the right time, and they knock off the Giants. But then when you get to the championship, you still want the Blue Bloods, right? Like it's like that's yeah, a good little story, you know, but I want to see you know Michigan play Georgia. You know I don't, what I mean? I don't like, necessarily know if if it has to be a blue blood. You just want a good team that's going to give you a great game. Yeah, I mean yeah, if, that's true. If if the Cinderella story, if the Cincinnati's good enough to get there, then I'm fine with it. As long as you know, and they got uh, Alabama handled them. I thought the game was closer than the score than the maybe score, indicated yeah. by the end. Um, but you know you just you want good games, and unfortunately right. the semifinals for the most part have been bad games They've in, been in the history of the college yeah. football playoff. The championships yeah. have been great mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. most part, but the, the semifinals have left a lot to be desired. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I hope that you know the other thing is is that these teams that have to play in these conference championships doesn't help them. It can only hurt them. Right. They have to win, and some of them have to win impressively. And then the other, there's other teams that could make the tournament that weren't good enough to get in the championship. So there's a little bit of a Well, that's the thing. If USC loses, then you're probably deciding between Ohio State and Alabama. Right. And they didn't, they didn't have to play. They didn't earn their right to play in those games. So a loss in a championship game hurts you, whereas not making the championship game could actually benefit you and get you in. It's just kind of, kind of a backward system. Anyway, we'll talk all about the college football of course, get you ready uh, for the Bucks and the Saints. All of that coming on Monday. Meanwhile, remember, if you want to save some money on your electric bill, call our friends at May Electric Solar. They've been owning these uh, family-owned business and been doing it for 12 years. They give you a 30-year labor and services warranty, $750 worth of service protection. Call the solar energy experts, May Electric Solar, at 727-819-2862. Thanks for listening. For Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great football weekend, everybody. 